and welcome to the Really Random Movie Reviews Podcast. Real people, real takes. I'm Danielle. And I'm Ben. In this show, we have an online movie generator choose a film for us to watch. It could be from any genre and any decade, as long as it's easily accessible for us. After viewing the movie, we sit here and discuss it at length. This week, we are talking about The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. What will we think? Well, grab some popcorn, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, so we are talking about The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. It is from 2018. It was directed by Terry Gilliam, and it stars Adam Driver, Jonathan Price, Stellan Skarsgård, and Olga Karolenko. So this film is about a film director who is pulled into this time-jumping fantasy world when a Spanish cobbler that he hires to be Don Quixote believes that he actually is Don Quixote, and the Don Quixote believes the film director to be Sancho Panza, his squire. It's a very trippy kind of movie. Yeah. And Terry Gilliam has... He wrote and directed Monty Python and the Holy Grail, The Meaning of Life. So you can expect some of those kinds of things. It's not a sketch comedy like those movies were, but it has those kinds of comedic elements. Yes, it does. And he does it really well. Yeah, yeah. And this movie was kind of very cursed film. Uh, Like They kind of deem it that because they tried making this movie back in 2000 and they cast John Hurt who has now passed away sadly but for some reason they couldn't get the film off the ground and in 2010 they tried to do it again and they couldn't and that fell through and I guess Ewan McGregor was supposed to be Toby which is Adam Driver's character huh yeah, and I can't remember who else, um, who was going to be Don Quixote, but I know John Hurt, or no, someone else. I think John Hurt was supposed to be Toby. I'm not sure. Yeah, so a lot of people were cast and recast, scheduling conflicts, people died, different things, and finally, they finished filming in 2017. Yeah. And the icing on the cake was after that, Terry Gilliam... Um, wrote on Facebook, he joked that, all right, filming is now wrapped, and I deleted the entire copy. (laughs) 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 At least he has, he's pretty lighthearted about it. Yeah. So, it's a a long history with this film that, really, I'm just going to say this, I've never heard of it before. Neither have I. Like, maybe I had, I just, no one, I maybe in some film circles I'd heard about it, but... That was pretty much it. Nobody I know has seen this. I mean, I've heard of Don Quixote. Well, yeah, I think most people have. But I haven't heard of this film. Yeah. So, can you tell us a little bit about the story of Don Quixote that you kind of understand? As far as I recall, it's a story about a Spanish knight who's just slowly losing his mind. And it basically ends with him thinking that a windmill is a dragon or a giant or it's something, and attacking it. Yeah, this book um, is actually a book in two parts. It's a very famous, well-known book from the 1600s. Uh-huh. And 
So the original novel is a Spanish novel, and it's called The Ingenious Gentleman Sir Don Quixote of La Mancha. And it, it was written by Miguel de Cervantes. And it's, it's from the 1600s, so it's become a very, very well-known story throughout the years to the point where other famous writers that we know of nowadays have taken inspiration from Don Quixote. Mm -hmm. So Alexander Dumas, or Dumas? Dumas. Dumas with The Three Musketeers. Mark Twain with The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. He took inspiration from that. And also Cyrano de Bergerac is based on that as well. That's the one where his nose is big and he tries to get the woman to love him and gets an actor to step in. Have you seen Roxanne? Roxanne. With Steve Martin? No. He has a big nose. Okay. And there's the movie Peter Dinklage where they changed it to be his height. Instead of that, he's like ugly. Oh, is it in this? Didn't that just come out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They changed that a little bit to change that plot device, but... um. I don't know if it started it, but it helped start this kind of revolution of like this use of magical realism, especially in Spanish and Latino literature, mm -hmm. because a lot or at least a lot that I've read in like Spanish classes have had magical realistic elements. And this kind of helped give that inspiration to a lot of other writers. Yeah. Anyway, now that we've had that kind of historical context, what are your thoughts on this movie overall? My initial thoughts were this is kind of slow. Like, I was actually nodding off at some points, but that may have been due to other things. But right around the hour 20 minute mark, it starts picking up and it doesn't feel like the last however long doesn't isn't as long, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I think it intentionally kind of does that. Like, I thought it was slow, too. But it's just a buildup mm -hmm. of the time jumps and the mesh of the two different kind of timelines that we get. Mm -hmm. So in this movie, we kind of get um, the timeline of the modern worlds, where he's a, a Toby, played by Adam Driver is a film director. He's making a commercial about Don Quixote. They're selling something. But then there's another timeline where Don Quixote is Don Quixote in, like, very rural Spain in, what, the 1400s or something? Like, I think Don Quixote is set in. Yeah. Because it's set before the 1600s. Yeah. So it kind of, first you get the... The dichotomy of the two, but then it kind of mixes together and forms kind of one weird amalgamation of a timeline. Yeah. So what was something that really stood out to you, Ben, in this movie? Set lighting. The set lighting was really good and like just there's a really good mix of stuff where like in one scene they're in one of those fancy restaurants where the lighting is real low. But the actors' faces are all properly, like, lit, and you can see what's going on, but you also know that it's supposed to be a dark place, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I also noticed that and like the different lighting between the different time periods, like using artificial lighting versus trying to get more natural light. Yes. Depending on what time period it's supposed to be in. And you can tell they kind of tried to do that more practical type of lighting. Yeah. And it's really hard to mesh those two and like kind of get a really consistent lighting and color palette through that. So yeah, I thought that was really cool that they did. They did. They did that really well. Mm-hmm. Adam Driver, he's more known for being like in dramatic stuff. Like obviously Kylo Ren would be. Mm-hmm. He's, that's the elephant in the room is that he's Kylo Ren. Yeah. But he really lends himself to being in this more comedic type of movie because he is playing a straight man. Yeah. He's playing the straight man, the guy I just need to do my job. I'm a film director. This is my this is my art, but also my work. Uh-huh. And I need to get this done. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. And I, full disclosure, I love Adam Driver. I will watch anything he's in. So I was really happy when this movie popped up. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, oh, an Adam Driver movie I haven't seen. Okay. Gives me an excuse to watch it. <laughs> she was very excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My my former roommate and I, who's my friend now, um, we both love Adam Driver. We loved him as Kylo Ren. So we just, yeah, it's a, it's a good time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, and I just really respect him as a person, too. He seems very down-to-earth, even mm. though he is in, like, a huge multi-billion dollar franchise. Yeah. And he still seems really humble about it. hmm So, and he's in really good passion projects, too. Like, he was in Silence, which is a Martin Scorsese film about priests going through Japan. Like, rural, like, ancient, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard of that one? I've heard of, like, the quote-unquote mission, because I think it was called something else, but yeah. Yeah, that was a really good movie, and not enough people saw that, because it wasn't a quintessential Scorsese-seeming film. Yeah. But yeah, he's also he's also in Girls. I think that that's how he got his major start, the, the HBO show, which I watched. It was good. He, he's a weird-ass dude in that show, but it's really good. That's where the good soup meme comes from okay but yeah i thought his acting and playing that straight man worked really well in this yeah it did even though he doesn't stay the straight man throughout he kind of accepts what's going on and just goes with it well yeah i mean if you were going through that it's like do you how do you cope with that everyone would cope differently with something like that but yeah, I mean, something like this, it would, it, you can see how that would become the case. Mm-hmm. It's kind of predictable in that way, but yeah. I would like to say that it's great to have a great cast, but as we've said before, if they don't have great direction, it can ruin the movie. This movie definitely had great direction. I could see a lesser director having issues pulling this off. What about you? Yeah, or even just a different comedy director. It's such a niche film. Yeah. It's such a specific movie that needs that specific vision. And, of course, it he's he'd been trying to make it for 
20 odd years. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully, like, I'm glad he finally got to be able to make it and he finally nailed it. So if he was sitting there for however many years, he took that time to craft it and Mm -hmm. build that vision. So, yeah, it just kind of shows, like, it really needed to be made. And it was this big passion project. And you could see how much love and care was put into it. Mm-hmm. And especially, like, they didn't know if they were actually going to be able to make it because it had been canceled so many times. Yeah. Which I'm glad they did because it was a good movie. One thing I think I'll mention is just how chaotic this movie is. Oh, yes. It, especially towards the end where the timelines really start meshing and you're not sure what is going on or, like, who's being in the present who's in the past they're two in the same and mm-hmm. you know at one point someone is in the present and the next moment they're in the past and it's really just a trippy movie mm-hmm. and it works yep it definitely works like sometimes it, like it's such a weird concept like just explaining it you'd be like what mm-hmm and it's just really like it's hard to explain it where it seems like oh you definitely enjoy this <laughs> yeah unless you're like you're specifically that kind of person where i know you'd like that yeah and that would sound good to you but it's also just like the pr- the premise is so different from what you'd expect oh yeah and it's more like not really in story but in stylistic choices yeah. And the way the time jumping is enacted within the story. Yes. Cuz you can you it's done in such a subtle way. Mm-hmm. And it's just so interesting because so many comedies these days are so over the top and trying to get a laugh, but this is just so subtle. Yep. And yeah, there are really eccentric parts of it that are over the top. And Don Quixote, of course, is over the top as a character. But the subtle notes underneath it are what keep this movie from being over the top as a whole and from just being a disaster. Yeah. And continuing on with that whole two different timelines, Adam Driver's character, Toby, at one point says he had a dream about what happened last night. But it was done in such a way that you couldn't tell if it was a dream or not. Yeah, it's just interesting because of this kind of magical realism of this movie. You just get sucked in. It's like, wait, what is happening? It Was it a dream or did it happen? And yeah, yeah, it's just so fascinating Mm -hmm. because it is a modern version of magical realism, which is such a... Which has been a literary type for centuries now. Yeah. And it's still being put in place, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there are more modern ways of that that are more more popular. Like I think Encanto might be because the new Disney movie, because they're like they're a family with powers and they kind of help each have a thing and they kind of help the town they're living in. But it's like okay that It's kind of like a version of magical realism that's more commercialized because it's Disney. But this is just a more subtle way of true or a truer form of it, in my opinion. Yeah, I can see that. 
despite me absolutely liking this movie, there were a few things that I saw that were kind of like, okay. They're like little dings, like predictability, because the protagonist always has a, that moment of, I don't want to do this, or this is stupid, why am I doing this? And there are also a few other things going on, which I'm not going to spoil. It was like, yeah, I saw that coming. Yeah, same here. And I think the main thing for me that kind of brought it down was the pacing. I mean, I've always thought, like, okay, I like Monty Python and oh, is it Monty Python and the Quest for the Holy Grail. Yeah. I like that movie a lot, but and I've only seen a couple Monty Python movies. I've seen the Holy Grail. I've seen Life of Brian. And the same thing I and I'll say the same thing about this movie. There is a lull. Like there's a lull in Monty Python. There's a lull in Life of Brian where it's mm-hmm. just like, okay, okay, <laughs> like, and it's usually between the main conflict and the climax. Yeah. Like somewhere like towards the end before the climax, there's this lull in the pacing. And it's just like, okay, you're kind of repeating the same stuff a little bit. Mm-hmm. Can we go somewhere with this? Yeah. Get so, on with it. Yeah. And it is, this movie is over two hours. It's like two hours and 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a significant lull yeah. and it takes up a good chunk of the movie where it kind of it ends up feeling longer whereas like monty python it's like probably 90 minutes yeah and it's like okay the lull isn't that big and you know it's not a long movie so it's not as big of a strike on it but with this movie it's a good like when it's a longer movie like that especially over two hours you can feel it mm-hmm And it's kind of like, okay, let's get the show on the road. Let's keep going. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing I'll ding this movie on. But again, I still really enjoyed it. And I loved the concept of it. Me too. All right. So let's jump into the themes for this. What are some themes? (laughs) Don't go chasing windmills. (laughs) (laughs) Stick to the, I don't know. Stick Leave. to the lighthouses and the <laughs> and the signs that you. I yeah, don't go chasing windmills, especially if you're Don Quixote. Yeah, I guess like there's a difference between having a passion project that's for your work. Like, yes, you could love what you do, and you could, like if you're a film director, you love the craft, you love making something. But at what point does it just become work? And yeah. what's the line there like with studio interference or money issues or things like that? Because the main thing is like he is a film director and he's making a commercial, but like he his real thing is film, but he's stuck making this commercial with this company and this um, producer that's, you know, breathing down his neck. Mm-hmm. At what point do you stop loving the craft? Yeah. If that's the case. Yeah, I can see that. So, yeah, and like doing something that you, I guess, that you're supposed to love, but you end up just doing it for money, mm-hmm. it can kind of change you. Yeah. Or it can change anyone. 
Mm-hmm. The passion can just drain. Yeah. And greed, like if you're just doing it for the money, then it's not a passion anymore. Mm-hmm. It's sad, like things that if you really were passionate about it and are no longer, like there are so many different reasons why you wouldn't be passionate about something anymore. But yeah, it's just kind of like the death of something you used to really like. Yeah. Which I think could be a main point. I guess commercialism in general. Yeah. I mean, they don't really touch on commercialism that much in this movie. And, like, how commercialism is so ingrained, especially in Western culture. Yeah. Also, like, because the story of Don Quixote was this creative project made by an author, which is a type of artist. Mm -hmm. How many movies and how many stories are banking on that and are just making money off of it like making the commercial in the film mm-hmm. they're using the story of don quixote just to make money off of it mm-hmm. and to sell something and how many things these days like classic stories like frankenstein like that's in so many horror things and they changed the hell out of that story mm-hmm. or Stuff like Romeo and Juliet. Like, that's a classic Shakespearean tale. And every so many love stories are based off of it. Mm-hmm. And it also gets shoved down your throat in high school and middle school. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a good story or not, in your opinion. But that's a <laughs> different conversation. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just taking something that is so creative... And then down the line, it just becomes a cash grab. Yep. Because of the name, because of the IP. Mm -hmm. And the money you could get from it. I think that's, it's kind of sad. I mean, it's good because it's still living in our culture. But at what point does it just become a gimmick? I was going to say about at what cost. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think there's a lot to take from this and... It's such a nuanced movie that it's. Uh, it took me a lot of digging in my brain just now to come up with something because it's just. It's kind of hard to decipher. Mm-hmm. But I think it's good because the movie does make you think like that. Yeah. And especially if we are going to talk about the themes, like that it's not just apparent, like, oh, it's definitely about that. Mm-hmm. Where you have to do some digging. Yeah. And it's like deep digging too Mm -hmm. like making your brain burn kind of thinking yeah i was really thinking just now (laughs) i was like what am i gonna say i don't (laughs) it took me a couple seconds i got the cogs turning yeah could you see them i could hear them okay good (laughs) was there smoke a little bit (laughs) I i think that was the blue tinge of the oil between the gears Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Well, my brain's been working very hard for the past couple weeks or so. Yeah. And I'm proud of you for it. Aw, thank you. I try. (laughs) Well, so do I. I know you do. (laughs) You're a very hard worker. I know, but sometimes I just need my nap. I understand. I understand. So... I'm guessing you would recommend this. Yeah. What would you recommend it for? I would just recommend it in general. 
I would just recommend it in general. Yeah, I don't. Because I, I don't know of a specific situation where it'd be great or not great. Yeah, I don't. I don't think everyone would like this movie because of its subtleties yeah. and and the lull in the middle. I don't think everyone will like it. I mean, not everyone likes everything, so. Because mm-hmm. I can't guarantee that if you like Monty Python, you'll like this because it is different. Yeah. It's not just a gimmicky Monty Python sketch comedy thing. It's very different. Mm-hmm. It has some similarities, yes, but... I guess if you like those kinds of comedies where it's kind of trippy, or if you some like something that's not that over the top. Yeah. And if you just want to laugh mm-hmm. and be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. It's, a, it's, it's interesting because it's not for everyone and no movie is for everyone. That's why I said just in general because... Yeah. I don't think I would show it to kids. No. You'd have to be a teenager. Yeah. At least. Especially for some of the heavier stuff that's going on. Yeah. If what we said has intrigued you and you want to check it out, go for it. It's online. Mm-hmm. We watched it on Tubi, but um, I think it, you can rent it or buy it on YouTube, Google, Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. It's pretty much out there if you don't mind paying a little bit, but I mean, we got it for free on Tubi. Yeah. So, just in case. (laughs) Well, that'll be it for us this episode. Let's go to the movie generator and see what we'll get next time. Oh, The Prom from 2020. Interesting. Yeah, I know it's a musical, and uh, I love musicals so much. Um, would it be our first musical? It would be our first musical, which I'm excited about. And you can hear me rave about how much I love musicals in the next episode. <laughs> but yeah, this movie has Meryl Streep, James Corden, Nicole Kidman, Keegan-Michael Key. It's a really good cast. I've heard of the story. It's based on a true story, which we can talk about next week. But yeah, um, we'll see. I mean... <laughs> We'll probably get a positive review out of me, but <laughs> yeah, for you, it's up in the air. I know. But yeah, I'm really excited about this. Mm-hmm. All right. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of really random movie reviews. Please check us out on social media. The links are in the description of this podcast. And let us know if you wanted to watch this movie and let us know if you have watched it. We'd love to know. Have a great day.